Hello and welcome to We Are Scared. I hope this podcast finds you well, whatever day or time it is. Um, As we say in the full episode, I really liked this movie. Um, I rewatched it for the synopsis. Um, It's really, really intense. And me talking about it is almost at times more intense than watching it itself. Um, In the episode, we give trigger warnings um, for uh, sexual situations, sexual violence, genital mutilation, bodily mutilation, death of a child. Um, So I just want to let you know that all of these things are, all of these things happen um, in the film. And so I will be talking about them in the synopsis. Um, so with that, I'm going to get started. Um, we start with the director card, which reads Lars von Trier, um, shifts to the title card Antichrist, and both are written on this kind of chalkboard, which is what all of the cards will be moving forward. We move into prologue, um, and we hear this classic opera that I don't know how to pronounce, um, playing over black and white scenes of he and her, uh, the main characters do not have names, so we'll just refer to them by their pronouns. Um, they're in the shower together, they begin to have sex, and we have this classic, extremely graphic penetration shot. Um, while they're kind of moving throughout the house, their scenes are inter- interspersed with ones of their infant child sneaking out of his crib um, and falling out the window to his death. So right off the bat, we know um, it's going to be a feel-good movie we get our first chapter title card chapter one grief we see a casket rolling along uh, while he is crying she looks very stoic and eventually faints she wakes up in a hospital bed and he comes in and they start to converse we learn that her perception of time is skewed that she's been in the hospital for a month Uh, She says Wayne, her psychiatrist, told her her grief pattern is atypical. And through their conversation, we learn that he is also a therapist or a social worker, um, her husband. Um, She blames herself for the death of their son. And she tells him that she knew that their son would wake up and crawl out of bed at times. The scene then cuts to another day and we learn that he wants her out of the hospital. um, And he wants to work with her to process her grief She responds saying Wayne uh, cautioned them against this, but he's very persistent. The camera is very disorienting during this scene. It kind of moves with a mind of its own, finally zooming in on these flowers that he had brought her her in the previous scene, um, but looking, specifically zooming in on the stems and murky water of the flowers. Uh, The camera fades to him picking up a letter from the medical examiner and he stashes it away. They're back at their apartment and she's standing in the bathroom holding her pills, dumps them in the toilet and flushes them, which uh, likely was made at his request. The camera cuts to her sobbing on the floor and he comes in to console her. They have this conversation about grief and he reassures, reassures her that it will get better, but it will also get worse. We then cut to nighttime She tells him that he's always been distant from her and Nick, their son, and we kind of see him shift into his therapeutic practice, responding calmly, asking her to give him examples. She tells him uh, that he was distant last summer, and we learned that her and Nick went to Eden so she could work on her thesis alone. 
Um, and we also learned that she did not finish her thesis that summer, ended up giving up on it. Um, the scene then cuts to this uh, image of woods at night with a very bright light shown on them. Um, and then these blurred images of her. Um, she awakens having a panic attack. And he comes in to hold her, telling her to breathe. He draws up imagery of her blowing on a thistle bloom at Eden. She's able to calm herself. Um, And this is the new phase of mourning she's in, which is anxiety. In the middle of the night, she wakes up and tries to have sex with him. And he says, never screw your therapist. And then we, the camera cuts again to a different images, but a different image, but similar uh, to bright lights moving over woods. Um, It cuts to her in the shower and she says, um, he says that she needs exposure. That's really the only thing that works. Um, And he wants her in a situation that scares her so she can see that her fear isn't dangerous. He draws a triangle um, and asks her what she is most afraid of, um, which he would then put at the top of the pyramid. But she says that she does not know. Um, She has a panic attack in the middle of the night and starts banging her head against the toilet He then takes her into bed to calm her down um, and she again tries to have sex with him but this time they do end up doing it which um, helps her calm down. He asks her where she is most afraid of and she says the woods, more specifically Eden and then he puts the garden around Eden at the top of the pyramid but she says not quite at the top. They then start kind of horsing around and she ends up biting him and breaking skin Um, The camera then cuts to this zooming landscape with images of their faces interspersed with the green. They're on a train going to Eden and he starts doing some therapy stuff with her. Um, He asks her to picture herself melting into the grass at Eden. And while this is happening, we get this very cool kind of animation of her walking through the forest um, while they have a voiceover discussing what is happening. We then cut to them driving into the forest Another incredible shot where the um, treetops are kind of melting into each other, which creates this very trippy, unsettling picture. Um, They pack their bags, start hiking to the cabin. um, And while she's resting, he stumbles upon a deer in the forest. Uh, But when the deer turns around, we see that it has just had a stillbirth and there's a dead uh, fetus hanging out of it. I guess a fawn, a baby deer. We then get the next... um, card that comes up chapter two pain in parentheses chaos reigns um they finally get to the cabin which is uh there's a cabin in a shed they're very ugly and beat up and it seems like they have money so I don't know why they didn't fix it up and they settle in for bed and he finds a stack of photos of her and Nick from last summer during the night we hear this clattering on the roof uh which she tells him is just the acorns um and in the morning Nick sorry he wakes up with his hand kind of hanging outside the window and pulls it in and it's covered with these swollen ticks. We see him then setting up rocks outside for an exercise where she walks from one stone to the other after a very chaotic endeavor of her completing the exercise. She looks over at a tree and sees a dead baby bird fall out of the tree onto an anthill, watch it get swarmed by ants and then a hawk swoop in um, and start eating it. Later they have a conversation where she tells him she's been afraid at the cabin before. Um, She talks about working on her thesis and how her fear made her stop writing. Um, She says she heard a sound and we cut to last summer. She's cutting out images from a book 
labeled gynocide um, and here's Nick sobbing she runs outside looking for him but when she finds him he's smiling and she still hears the sobs um, this is what triggers her fear um, and they get into a conversation about it she then attacks him um, we sorry we've cut back to present day she starts attacked, attacking him uh, talking about acorns and nature and um, how nature is Satan's church and the wind is his breath he then puts Satan at the top of the fear pyramid, but then crosses it out. Um, she later pulls out the medical examiner report. Sorry, he pulls out the medical examiner report from his jacket and reads it. Um, and we get these two incredible shots, one where he looks over at the camera um, and it kind of flies backwards. And then it cuts to him standing outside the cabin in this sea of slow motion falling acorns looking straight into the camera. Um, I think you could find these on YouTube if you just want to take a look at some of the like filming techniques. It's pretty, pretty gorgeous. Um, the next day they're sitting out on the porch together and he tells her she looks like she slept well. She tells him he's happy. She's happy he's there and that she loves him. Um, the end. Just kidding. Then uh, they walk outside into the woods, explore the foxhole. She shows him that she's no longer afraid of the forest and that she's cured. Um, she then runs ahead and is kind of dancing around the woods. He notices a rustling in the bushes, um, walks over and sees a fox. This is one of the iconic moments of the film. Sees a fox eating itself and it looks up at him and it says chaos reigns. And I'm going to play you the clip of the chaos reigns fox because it's very iconic. love it love it love it love it um we cut to the third chapter card which reads chapter three despair in parentheses gynocide it starts to rain and he goes inside to prepare for the weather goes up to the attic and finds all of her thesis research there's all these drawings of women being burned and murdered as well as this astronomy chart that's on the table with a constellation titled the three beggars um the fox is labeled pain the crow is labeled despair and the deer is labeled grief. He then finds a journal with her notes in it. And as the pages go on, they become increasingly illegible. It cuts back to them together. And he tells her that he wants to do one more exercise, which is role playing. She will be rational thought. He will be nature. They then have this conversation where she says that during her thesis research, where she was studying um, the witch trials, she learned that if human nature is evil, so is the nature of women, um, and that women do not control their bodies. Nature does. He starts to get into an argument about her, saying that she was supposed to be critical of the text that she was reading about these witch trials, but instead is embracing it and has kind of become indoctrinated by, the, by this thinking. Um, he says he can't work with her anymore. And if things weren't weird already, they're about to get more weird we're about to move into some violent sex situations. Um, they start having sex, but she's crying. She asks him to hit her, but he refuses. And she responds, then you don't love me. She runs outside and starts masturbating under a tree. He finds her and they start having sex again. This time he does hit her and she whispers in his ear, sisters from Radisbon could start a hailstorm. And we see these hands reaching out from the roots of the tree. 
We cut to the next morning and they're arguing about the witch trials. She then finds the autopsy report and asks him about it. He says they didn't find anything that would have a bearing on the case, but they did find that uh, Nick had some deformity in his feet. She, he then shows her the picture that he found from last summer where we see Nick and the left shoe is on the right foot and the right shoe is on the left foot. She then um, says it must have been a slip of the mind that day. He goes into the shed and kind of um, shifts through the other photos that he found with Nick in different outfits. And in every photo, the shoes are on wrong. Um, we then cut to her last summer putting on Nick's shoes incorrectly and him crying. He then pulls out um, his fear pyramid and writes me at the top referring to herself. She runs into the cabin, starts attacking him, saying, you're leaving me. He says she isn't. He unzips his, she unzips his pants, starts having sex with him. He tells her he loves her. She takes this huge log of wood and hits him hard in the groin he passes out from the pain and then she starts touching him until he ejaculates blood. Um, I told you it was going to be weird. Um, she takes this sharpening stone. I had to look up what this tool was because I personally am not a blacksmith. Um, so bear with me through this description. Uh, she drills a bar into his leg, attaches it to the stone and puts a bolt on the end. Um, she hides the wrench so he can't get the bolt off, can't get the stone off. Um, and then he finally wakes up. Um, he's in a lot of pain, but like weirdly not enough pain for the situation. He tries to pry the bolt off, but he can't. Um, looks in the toolkit for a wrench. Of course, there isn't one. And then he kind of scoots out of the shed into the forest, pulling his leg and stone along. She realizes he's missing, screams, runs after him. He hides in the foxhole to avoid her. He encounters a crow in the cave, in the foxhole, uh, which starts squawking, leading her to his location. Um, and then she finds him, forces him out of the hole, and we cut to chapter four, which is titled The Three Beggars. She drags his body out of the hole, um, and he tells her they have to get the stone off. She goes in to find the wrench, but can't. So they work together to carry him back to the cabin. He asks her if she wanted to kill him and he says, she says, not yet. The three beggars aren't here. When the three beggars arrive, someone must die. Then she starts crying again and says, a crying woman is a scheming woman, which I agree with. She then walks to the kitchen. Here's our genital mutilation moment. She grabs a pair of scissors, lies down next to him, cuts off her clitoris. When she screams, we see outside the deer turn its head. It's possible that the two other animals were also in that shot, but I actually didn't want to rewind it to check. Um, she runs outside, lays in the grass. He looks to the sky. The three beggars constellation is illuminated. Um, we then cut to the image of Nick falling out of the window. We see a deer in the background this time. She's outside. She starts screaming. Ice starts falling out of the sky. The three beggars come into the cabin. The crow leads him to where she's stashed the wrench under the floorboards. Um, he sets himself free. She starts attacking him. Um, and then he picks her up and strangles her to death. Um, and then we again get that really cool animation. He's leaving Eden and we see hundreds of dead women 
kind of in the landscape, which are representing the women who died in the witch trials. Um, or I guess that could be open to interpretation. Um, final card, Antichrist epilogue. The opera starts up again. It's black and white. He's leaving Eden. He's foraging. He's hanging out with the animals. And then he notices all of these women leaving the forest. Um, and that's that's it. That's the end of the movie. Um, I hope you're okay. I hope you're maybe inspired to watch it. Um, listen to our episode. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a good day.